0: The Book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. If you're wondering where Philippians is, it's in your New Testament, second half of your Bible. Philippians chapter 3. If your neighbor needs help, please help them. Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to be looking at verse 7 today. Philippians chapter 3. Before we read that, I want to let you know that on January 26th of next year, we're starting a brand new series here at Thrive called Overcome My Unbelief. It's for those of you who have questions about the Christian faith. Maybe you've been going to church for a long time and there's certain questions that you've always been afraid to ask. You don't have to be afraid to ask them when we do overcoming my unbelief if you have friends who've got questions about the christian faith they're like well how do i know that god exists how can god exist there's so much suffering in the world how can i trust the bible you know how do i know that jesus really lived?" all those questions that people have good honest questions we're going to be tackling a number of those questions in the series called overcome my unbelief and encourage you to invite your friends to what we believe is going to be a very powerful series on january 26 well before that though starting today we're doing a brand new series are you ready for the brand new series all right, and I'm going to be getting the help of a number of my pastor friends in our city to help me preach in this series. And I'm going to be doing the kickoff message today. This series is called Your Best Decade Yet. Everyone say, My Best Decade Yet. This series is called Your Best Decade Yet. Why? It's because in just a few days, we're not just entering into a brand new year. We're entering into a brand new decade. And the question we're asking in this series is this. What do I need to know and what do I need to do to make the most of this coming decade? How can I go through this coming decade without wasting it? This is what we're talking about because I don't think we came here to waste our time. I don't think you woke up this morning and go, oh, I can't wait to go to church and waste my time. No, I don't think you did that. I think the fact is that we want to make the most of the time that we have on this earth. And so in this series called Your Best Decade Yet, we're talking about how do you position yourself to have the best decade you've had so far in life. You can't control everything that happens in your life this coming year or this coming decade, but you can position yourself. What are those ways you can do that? we're talking about in this series called your best decade yet so are you guys ready for the first inaugural message of your best decade yet are you guys ready when oh, we all stand to your feet, and let's read Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 together. Would you read with a big, loud voice as we stand and read, let's say it together, 1, 2, 3. But whatever was to my prophet, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss, compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish. not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Before you take your seats, Let me tell you the message title for today's message. And I want you to tell your neighbor that in just a second. See, the message title for today's message is called Caught Up in Yesterday. Would you turn to a few of the people around you, give them a high five, and say, Are you caught up in yesterday? Are you caught up in yesterday? Are you caught up in yesterday? Please have your seats. Are you caught up in yesterday? Today, we are getting ready to, brand, to, to, to usher in a brand new year and a brand new decade together. And one of the things I want to talk about with you today is being caught up in yesterday. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by being caught up in yesterday is that some of us, in fact, I'd say perhaps all of us, have this tendency sometimes to live in the past. Is that nothing wrong with reminiscing about good memories, nothing wrong certainly about learning from the past, I believe that we need to, Certainly, if you've lost someone that you love, who's near and dear to you, then part of the grieving process is to think about the past. And so, I'm not talking about any of those things when we talk about living in the past. What am I talking about when it comes to living in the past? Well, you're going to learn what that means today, how to avoid it, and how you can set yourself up for what's going to be, hopefully, I pray, the best year of your life so far, the best decade of your life so far. If you believe us, say amen. And so, with that in mind, why don't we take you back to Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 together and let's let me read it one more time read it with me it says but whatever was to my prophet i now consider loss for the sake of christ what is more i consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing christ jesus my lord for whose sake i have lost all things see the guy who's writing this his name is paul everyone say paul and see at one time paul was the most anti-christian person you would meet he hated Christians. He didn't believe what Christians believed. He thought the best thing that could happen in this world is to get rid of all the Christians. And so he made that his life mission. He made it his life mission to destroy Christianity, to persecute Christians. And he became the number one persecutor of Christians in the region where he lived. And because of that, he was an enemy of Christianity. But something happened on the way to him persecuting more Christians on a road to Damascus, he encounters Jesus Christ in such a powerful way that changes his life forever. And what he writes is this, is that before he put, he, he, he used to think that to, to get right with God, to go to heaven, if I want to get God's approval, it's all about what I have to do to get God's approval. It's all about what I have to do. It's my good deeds. It's how much I know. It's me trying to be a good person. And he realizes something, that It's not what he has to do. It's actually what Jesus Christ has already done for him. And that's the message of Christianity. It's not about what you have to do to reach God because we could never reach God on our own. We are imperfect. We're sinners who can't reach God. But because God loved us, he sent Jesus for us to pay for every mistake and every sin so that we could be forgiven and be brought back to God in relationship with him. If you believe that, say amen. And so it's with that in mind that he says, whatever's to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may may gain Christ. In other words, nothing compares to knowing Jesus in my life. And then verse nine says, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. In other words, not trying to earn God's love and earn God's approval and become right with God just by me doing a bunch of, of things to get there because i can never get there but that righteousness which is through faith in christ the righteousness that comes from god and is by faith and so what's paul talking about he's saying that there's a righteousness in other words there is a way to get right with god that has nothing to do with what you need to do but it has everything to do with jesus and what he has already done and it's another way of saying it is it's by grace everyone say grace what does grace mean? It's undeserved kindness. It's kindness that you didn't earn. It's kindness that you didn't work for, that God expressed when he sent Jesus for us. It is through that amazing grace that we can have a righteousness from God that we could never earn for ourselves. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. That's what we celebrate week after week here at Thrive Church. And verse 10 says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead once you drop down to verse thirteen, it says this it says. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Would you go to verse 13, and would you get ready to underline four very important words? It says this, but one thing I do, underline it, forgetting what is behind. Everyone say, forgetting what is behind forgetting what is behind. See, why does Paul write in verse 13, forgetting what is behind? It's because Paul knows very well that every single one of us has a tendency to live in the past. What does it mean to live in the past? Living in the past is not just reminiscing about good times in the past. Reminiscing about, or living in the past is not just about studying your mistakes from the past. You know, you know, living in the past is not just about grieving someone that you love who's no longer here. It's not those things. But what is living in the past? It's something different. Why don't you write this down? What is living in the past? Living in the past is where you allow your experiences from the past to keep you from moving forward. Living in the past is when you allow your past to disable you from moving forward in life. It's when your past limits your future. Let me ask you this question. Are you living in the past today? See, I find that there are three ways that we can tend to live in the past. And as we talk about each of these three ways and how you can overcome it this coming new year, I want to ask you, which one of these can you relate to? Maybe you can relate to one, two, or even all three. Here's the first one. First way we can live in the past is this. We live in the past when we refuse to let go of yesterday's hurts, disappointments, and failures. Is that you? We live in the past when we refuse to let go of yesterday's hurts, yesterday's mistakes, yesterday's failures, yesterday's disappointments. And you know that that's you when you realize that there are certain mistakes that you keep thinking about. There's certain failures or regrets or hurts in your life that you keep on, for some reason, going back to, even without trying. Sometimes you might be on the bus, and all of a sudden, you're here in 2019, December, but for some reason, your, your mind just goes back so often to when you were a kid or, or you know, a few years ago when something awful happened to you, and you keep thinking about it, and, and, and it almost haunts you whenever you think about it. And it, maybe it's not just something that you did, maybe a mistake that you made, but maybe it's something that someone else did in your life. Where they hurt you or, you know, they they ignored you, they left you, they abandoned you. And all these years, whenever you see them, whenever you think about them, you try in indirect or maybe even very direct ways to let them know you can't forget. And you won't forget. It's because you're living in the past. And see, here's the thing. It's almost like you've downloaded into your mind this horror movie called Yesterday's Hurts. And in your mind, it's kind of just on repeat and it's running all the time and you keep watching that horror flick over and over and over again and it haunts you, it disturbs you and it causes you to get very bitter, very angry, very regretful. You're constantly beating yourself up or beating others up as a result. Why is living the past so destructive? Well, write this down. Living the past stops you from moving forward in life. For as long as you are so hung up on past hurts, yesterday's disappointments, it's going to keep you from moving forward in life. I remember when I went on my first—you uh, know—when I when I went through my first official breakup with a girl that I was dating. I remember it was 1999, and uh, it was—you know—a new decade was just around around along around the, around the around the horizon. And and, and I was—you know—I I, I we we broke up, and uh, she was fine, but for the next eight months, I was not fine. <laughs> I was very much living in the past. You know, every time I heard a song on the radio, you know, Mariah Carey was really big back then. Like, Even though I try, I can't let go. Oh, that's me right there. Oh, that's me. I can't let go. Something in your eyes captured my soul. Oh, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't let go. I can't let go. And, you know, and every time i watch different movies, I'd be thinking about this person or I'd be thinking about the shame of the breakup. I'd be thinking about the guilt of the breakup. Oh, why did I do that? Why did I mess that up? And, and I just couldn't move on to the point where other people started to notice where you know my parents were like are you okay like this is not a big deal life happens breakups happen would you please move on after four or five six seven eight months i was still in this oh in this really kind of down state my friends would you know get set up set up appointments with me to go jb it's time to move on please just move on and but for some reason i just could not move on i was stuck in the past And, and see you know what was the turning point for me I remember we're already into a brand new year. We're into a brand new decade. It was in the year 2000. I remember I got a call from this girl. And uh, she'd moved on a long time ago. And she said, you know what? Uh, I'm starting to date someone else. Just want to let you know. And she's a mutual friend of ours. And deep down, I was happy for her. But something else was going on as I had that phone in my hand. I realized that I'd been stuck in the past for way too long. And I realized it's really time to move on. And when I hung up the phone, I decided to do something. You know what I did? That very same day, I took all the letters that this girl had written to me that I, for some reason, had kept. Uh, You know, all these old photos, and all And you know what I did? I duct-taped it, I wrapped it really nice like a Christmas present, and I went over and I uh, threw it into the garbage can. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm moving on. And you know what? It was one of the best things I could do because it meant I'm not going to live in the past anymore. God wants us to learn from the past, but he doesn't want us to live in the past. If you believe that, say amen. And see, what's the problem with dwelling on past hurts? See, for as long as you keep dwelling on a past hurt or failure, you're going to be unable to move forward. Could you imagine if I was still hung up on that girl? I would have missed every opportunity that God had for me. I would have missed the most amazing partner that God had for me. Her name is Pastor Charlene. Amen? Because I'd be still you know, cooped up in fetal position, you know, on my bed going, oh, the breakup, oh, I'm so sad. It was time to move on. It was time to move on. And praise God that I did. It's because I learned to stop living in the past. Turn to say, stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. See, the problem with dwelling on past hurts is that for as long as you dwell on that past hurt, you can't move forward. It's like your hurts from yesterday hold you back from pursuing anything great today. You're stuck in the past. Ever had jet lag before? maybe you traveled somewhere far and it's a different time zone, you come back to Vancouver and although physically you're here, it's kind of like you're physically also not here because you know, you're waking up at different times. It's almost like your mind is trained to live in another time zone. How many of you guys know that living in the past is like the worst form of jet lag? It's that you're physically here in 2019 but your mind is still somewhere in 2012 and you're still thinking about these things that still haunt you. You're not really living normal. It's not a healthy way to live. Here's a question for you today. What is a past hurt or a past failure? or a past disappointment in your life that you tend to keep dwelling on, maybe in an unhealthy way. I believe that starting today, God wants to say, it's time to stop living in the past. It's time to move forward. Don't go into a brand new year continuing to live in the past. Believe that the best is yet to come. Amen? And how do you stop living in the past? Let me give you one tip today. I want you write this down. To stop living in the past, remember that in Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness, healing, and power for a new start. See, Jesus didn't just come to give new rules. He didn't come to give a religion. He came to give us a relationship with God that's full of forgiveness, that's full of healing, that overflows with power. The Bible says that when we had hurt God, when we had failed God, when we had disappointed God, when we didn't meet God's standards, God didn't decide I'm going to keep living in the past and keep throwing your failures in your face. Instead he said, no, I want a new beginning with you, so I'm going to send Jesus Christ, my son, to die on the cross for your sins. First, he's going to live a life that only God in the flesh could live, a life that met all of God's requirements, a life that we could never live, but that God could live. And so Jesus, the son of God, he lived that life, and then he died on the cross to pay for every one of our mistakes, every one of our sins, every one of our failures, every one of our disappointments, all of that. He did that on the cross for you and for me so that we could know forgiveness, healing, and a brand new start. Oh, come on, give God a big, big hand in this place right now. That's the love of God. It wasn't us trying to reach so hard for God. It was God in his love reaching for you and for me. That's the love of God for you. Turn to him and say, that's God's love for you. See, God didn't live in the past. He could have. He could have given you the whole record book of all the ways you've messed up. But the Bible says that God takes that record and he, he just erases it with the blood of Jesus. He, he, he takes that record, he throws it into what's called the sea of forgetfulness. It's because God doesn't keep a record of wrongs. He just loves you because he loves you, and all of your sins are paid for at the cross where Jesus Christ died. And that's why at the cross, even the worst sin that's been committed against you can be forgiven, because you will never have to forgive anyone more than God has already forgiven you. The debt that any one other person owes you will never compare to the debt that you owed God, and yet God forgave it. He just said, I'm not going to live in the past, and so you don't need to either. If you believe that, come on, give God a big, big can in this place. That's the love of God for you. Amen. And so if you find that you, know, you keep on getting haunted by your past mistakes, your past failures, these condemning, judging thoughts on you, I don't believe that's God. I believe that that's an enemy called Satan. I believe his, his agenda is to want to kill, steal, and destroy your life. But praise God, in Jesus Christ, we have authority over that. And so you can say, in Jesus' name, get away from me, Satan, because I belong to the unconditional, loving God who has rescued me through Jesus Christ. Amen. See, that's the first way that we can live in the past is that we dwell on and refuse to let go of those past hurts and past failures, whether it's ours or someone else's. It's time to stop living in the past. And so if you've been doing that to your husband, you keep on beating them over the head about something that happened seven years ago, it's time to move on. Amen? If you've been doing that with your friend or someone who was your friend, it's time to move on. You can say, well, that's so 2019, man. I'm in 2020 now. Amen? Amen. Stop living the past. Number two, what's another way we live in the past? We write this down. We live in the past when we idolize yesterday's happiness and success. When we idolize yesterday's happiness and success. What does it mean to idolize something? It means to prop something up and make, it think, make us think that it's the biggest thing in our lives. And see, a lot of us, we do that with past happiness and success. To the point where we even think what we have now or what we have in the future can never compare to what we had yesterday. In fact, there's a song by the Beatles. It's the most covered song in all of pop music history. It's called Yesterday. In fact, there's a movie this past year that was based on this song. And what it would be like if the Beatles never existed. That's what the film is about. But you you, you guys know the song? Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. You know that one? Suddenly, I'm not half the man I used to be. There's a shadow hanging over me. Oh, yesterday came suddenly. Do you want more? Why she had to go? I don't know. She wouldn't say.
1: I said something wrong. Now I long for yesterday. A, A, A. Yesterday. Love was such an easy game to play. Now I need a place to hide away. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Strum guitar. Oh yeah, never mind. All right. All right, here that, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Let me tell you this. Yesterday is a fun song to sing, but it's a depressing way to live. It's a fun song to sing, but it's a depressing way to live. See, people actually live like the song yesterday, where it's like, oh, life was so
1: much better yesterday.
0: When that person was in my life, when I was at that school, when I was with that company, when I was in that group, when it was that way in my life at that time. And, and see, people, they tend to worship the past happiness or success that they had. Everything was so great back then. Everything sucks right now. Oh, it was heaven back then. It's like hell right now. You know, what, what, what is that? That is idolizing yesterday's happiness and success. Do you do that? Do you idolize yesterday's happiness and success? I was reading this one interview with this one famous celebrity. I won't tell you who. You just picture a famous celebrity that you admire, because and, and, I think it happens to not just that person, but maybe a lot of people. See, she was going through these old pictures of herself, uh, and she, just a very pretty girl, just a beautiful girl. And uh, she is telling her husband, oh, Look how much younger I looked back then, 10 years ago. Look at my hair. It was so cute back then. Look at my kids. They were so cute back then, too. Oh, life was so much better then. And then her husband's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, 10 years ago, I remember that time. I remember back, that, back in that time, you hated your hair. You always wanted to cut your hair because you're just never satisfied with it. I remember 10 years ago, our kids were so young. You are always stressed and tired and complaining about how you can't wait for them to grow up so that they can be teenagers like they are now stop idolizing the past see what was she doing she was idolizing her past happiness and success and as a result he has a skewed view not just of her past but of her present that's what living in the past does to you it gives you this blinded skewed view not just of your past but your present and your future as well look at ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 10 it says it this way read it with me it says do not say why were the old days better than these it is not wise to ask such questions. See, what's the problem with idolizing the past? It's because when you idolize the past, you're unable to appreciate the blessings God has for you today and you're unable to see the opportunities God has for you tomorrow. See, another version of worshiping the past is when we say, this is the way we've always done things, this is the way we'll always do things. Right? I don't care what you say, I don't care what else is going on, this is the way we will always do it. Right? And what is that? They say the most dangerous phrase any organization can say is, we've always just done it this way. Why? It's because you, if you want to grow in a new year, if you want to grow into a new decade, it's about being open to new things. It's about trying things that are different. Let me give you an example. You know, over the past number of years, Christmas service is one of the biggest services of the year. And you know, it's the, it's, 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 we call it playoff time. Here at Thrive Church, You know, every Sunday is special. Every Sunday is worth inviting your friends. Every Sunday is a time to encounter God and his love. But we find that there's three special Sundays in the year that are kind of like our playoff times. One is Thanksgiving. One is Easter. One is Christmas. Christmas. And so we just came out of a playoff time where, you know, things are especially busy and intense and all that stuff. And I can remember, you know, one of the things that we would try to do to kind of just, you know, bring in the crowd and and to attract people to come to church who might not normally want to come to church is we provided a lot of food we had these big banquets. You guys remember these big banquets? You know, like last year, the year before. We did this for several years. We always had a banquet. So after the service, we'd say, oh, go have a great time in the banquet. And so we'd have, like, I remember we had, like, ten turkeys or seven turkeys one time. It was just this crazy big banquet. And over time, as the church has grown, we found something. It gets harder and harder to provide so much food for so many people not just from a cost perspective, it's a lineup perspective. It's that there's so, the lines are so long that it's like waiting at Peace Arch Customs. It's like, oh my goodness, can you please move forward? Oh my goodness, can we please go now? And and, and that's the thing. And so we're like, you know what, and so all of our staff was ready to let go of the banquet. Like, Can we move on from the banquet? Can we just do normal service? We'll provide other stuff, we'll do other cool things, but not the banquet. And for me, I was like, no, not
1: the banquet. The
0: banquet's my
1: precious.
0: Oh we can't let go of the banquet. that's how we draw the people oh, I can't I can't let go of the banquet. but, but like, no it's time to let go of the banquet. I'm like but we've always done it this way no JB it's time to get rid of the bank I'm like
1: fine
0: And so we went in with, for me, a little bit of trepidation last week, going, okay, how's this going to work? Are people still going to come? There's no food. Are people still going to come? And the fact is, did people come? Praise God, people came. Amen? In fact, we had more people come to last week's Christmas services than any Christmas service we've ever had in the past. Let's give God a big, big hand for that as well. Praise God. Praise God it's not just because of the food that you guys came. Amen? Amen. And that's, that's, that's something that we're really, really trying to learn is that it's about not being afraid to try new things, being able to see opportunities and not live in the past. Do you need to do that yourself? Maybe there's a way that you need to start being open to newer ideas in your, the way you work, in your company, in your, the way you study, in the way you approach life. Some people do that in marriage. They keep comparing their wives with their moms. Has that ever happened before? Married guys in this place? You be honest. My mom used to feed me grapes by hand. Why don't you do that? My mom used to cut my toenails for me. Why don't you do that? My mom used to run my bath water and bathe me. Why don't you do that? You're like, man, your mom is an interesting, an interesting woman. But the, the fact is this, is that, is that people who keep comparing, well, that was the way it was before. Why can't it be that way now? The fact is, stop living the past. Amen. See, how do you stop living the past? Write this down. To stop living the past, recognize that in every new season, God is bringing new blessings and new opportunities. They won't be the same blessings as the ones from yesterday. They won't be the same opportunities as the ones from yesterday. They won't be the same lessons you're being taught as the ones yesterday, but it's new because God is all about doing new things in your new life. That's why Jesus says, I'm making all things new. Oh, come on. Give God a big, big hand in this place right now. And if you're stuck in the past, you'll never see the greater things that God wants to do in your life. You won't see the opportunities. You won't see the blessings. All you'll see is, why can't I have yesterday? There's such a much better way to live. The fact is, in every new season, whether you like to admit it or not, God is doing something new. There are new blessings to thank God for. There are new talents to appreciate. There's new opportunities to pursue. There's new challenges to work toward. I once knew a man, and he's passed on since then. He was an older man in a wheelchair. But every time people would ask him, how are you doing? I always loved his answer. You know what he'd say? How are you doing? His answer would be, better than yesterday, but not as good as tomorrow. Better than yesterday, but not as good as tomorrow. It's because he wasn't set on living in the past. Oh, when I had my health when, you know, 20 years ago. Oh, when my wife was still with me 30 years ago. Oh, when you know, I could walk you know, 10 years ago. No, he wasn't set on that. He's like, you know. I'm not as good as tomorrow. In other words, the best is yet to come. Amen. And if you would have that kind of attitude, you'll find that with every new year and every new decade of your life, there are new gifts to treasure. There are new ways to grow. There are new opportunities and mountains to tackle and that the best truly is yet to come. If you believe that, say amen. Is this helpful in this place this morning? Yes. Praise God. Number three, the third way that we live in the past is when we keep repeating the same mistakes over again and over again. Is that you? That's certainly me. I can relate to that. In the past when I'd be repeating the same mistake, or in fact, I'll tell you a bit more about that, but first let me try to share with you Proverbs 26, verse 11. Why don't you read this verse with me? It's a very graphic picture, but why don't you read it with me? One, two, three, it says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. See, the Bible says that a fool is not someone who, uh, you know, makes mistakes. See, the fact is, we all make mistakes. We will all will make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes this coming year. I'm going to make mistakes this coming year. You're going to make mistakes in this coming decade. I'm going to make mistakes this coming decade. But see, what a fool is, is someone who keeps on making the same mistake over and over and over and over and over again and never learns. That person is a fool. And God didn't make us to be fools that way. If you believe, it, say amen. Here's a question for you today. Is there a mistake that you keep repeating? One that hurts your relationships, hurts your reputation. That maybe with just a little bit more focus, maybe changing your priorities or developing a new habit, that you could avoid making that mistake again. You know, there's a shirt that I like. It's actually been very popular throughout the past decades. So let me show it to you right now. It's the repeat shirt. Can you see, can you show it? You know, eat, sleep. Conquer, repeat. There are of course other ones. In fact, let's go shopping right now, and let me ask you which one of these shirts best fits you today. All right. So we will give you a whole list of them. Which one of these could be your T-shirt? Okay. If you had to wear any one of these shirts, which one would it be? Here's the first. Here's another one. So there's work, eat, sleep, repeat. Is that you? Any workaholics here, or people who just oh, I'm so busy. All I do is work, eat, sleep, repeat. Is that you? If that's you, maybe that's your shirt. Here's another one. Is uh, I suspect this is for some of you who were in university and college. You just did exams. What is yours? Is eat, sleep, study, repeat. Anyone here that was your life like two weeks ago? Like oh, this is exams. All I can do is eat, sleep, study, repeat. And then after exams are over, what t-shirt do you wear? You wear this one, right? Eat, sleep repeat. Simple life. Forget the studying. It's just about eating and sleep. Maybe that's what you're doing right now, just not during the sermon. Praise God. And see, another one is is this. Is, is eat, sleep, shop, repeat. Maybe you're doing this on Boxing Day. Boxing Day shoppers here. Yeah? This is, the next one is my son's ideal life if he had no parental direction whatsoever. And that would be eat, sleep, game, repeat. Uh, for those who like to work out like I do, maybe this is what you're tempted to do, which is eat, sleep, work out, repeat. For those of you who are big Canucks fans, Go Canucks Go. There's Eat, Sleep, Hockey, Repeat. And this next one is dedicated to those of you who are in the nurseries right now, who are watching through closed caption TV. This one's for you, so listen up. Is that the fact is that, you know, I think this company that's doing these repeat shirts really has a heart for you guys. And so they came up with one as well. It says Eat, Sleep, Breastfeed, Repeat, okay? But then I gotta tell you, there was a recall on these shirts because they realized that there was an there was an inaccuracy on that shirt. And so they che- they corrected it. And so, so they actually just... They they, they deleted sleep, right, because that, that's, you know, m- mothers of newborns, they don't really sleep. And so it's actually eat, breastfeed, repeat, right? There you go. And then what happens, they, they have the counterpart baby version, which is play, sleep, breastfeed, repeat, yeah. Can we give a big hand to all of our mothers in the nursery, our parents in the nursery? Let them hear it. They can hear it right now. We love you guys. Which one of these is your shirt? Do you guys have any shirts that you like, you can relate to, though? Maybe you have one or two that you like that you relate to. There, there's some more, actually. Can I show them to you? Um, and uh, tell me if these relate to you today. Uh, And these ones haven't actually come out yet. These are just proofs, but let me show it to you. Um, Made a promise, didn't manage my time well, disappointed people, repeat. That happened this past year for you? Does that happen kind of often for you? Here's another one. Uh, Got angry, lost my temper, made things worse, repeat. Yeah, is is that a shirt that you can wear? Maybe, maybe, here's another one. Um, Okay, wasn't thinking, chose the wrong person, full of regret, repeat. Has that happened to you before? Maybe in your dating life, or maybe as an employer, hiring people, you know, wasn't thinking, chose the wrong person, full of regret, and then you did it all over again, right? Uh, Here's another one. Uh, Didn't set boundaries, things got complicated, hurt myself and others, Repeat, is that a shirt that you can wear? Here's another one. Uh, Excited to start, things got hard, gave up, repeat. One one more, wanted to get better, wasn't disciplined, got distracted, repeat. You know, my my, my goal in sharing these t-shirts with you is not to make you feel bad in any way. I'm not here to condemn you or go, how could you? That's not the point. The point is this, is that God made us not to be people who keep repeating the same mistakes over and over. God gave us a new life in Jesus Christ. Power to not repeat mistakes over and over again. In fact, let me put it this way. You will always be what you have always been if you always do what you've always done. Let me say that one more time. You will always be what you've always been if you always do what you've always done. The fact is this, is that if you don't want to always be what you've always been, you got to change what you do. And so why am I talking about that? It's because to stop living in the past, it's not just about, you know, being thankful for what you have. It's also about a new set of priorities. It's about taking on new habits that are going to help you to live a new life. And so to stop living in the past, write this down. Take hold of your new life in Christ, including a new attitude, new priorities, and new habits. Here's a question for today. What's a new attitude that you need to have in this coming new year? that's going to help you experience a new life that wasn't the one where you repeat those mistakes from the past? What's a new habit that you need to start developing? What's a new priority that you need to start setting so you can grab hold of the new life that God has for you? See, maybe it's to start going to church regularly. For some of you here who are here for the first time or you came here last week for the first time and you're back again, that's amazing. We love seeing you here. And I believe this. I find that having a life where I go to church regularly, where I can worship with other people in a church on a Sunday, helps me so much. Is that through that, I find hope for tomorrow. Through that, I'm reminded of what's most important. Through that, I've got a sense of community and people who can support me and I can support them through that i'm reminded that there's wisdom to help me get through what i'm going through and that's why i find going to church is such an important thing if you believe us say amen and, so, and maybe so maybe that's a habit you want to start developing in this coming 20-20 years come next week and come the week after don't just come on the big sundays but come every single sunday because every sunday god wants to do a big thing in your life every single sunday is a big sunday maybe another one is another habit is starting to have a daily time with god Not just worshiping God on a Sunday morning, but learning to spend time with God every day. Because how many of us know Jesus died for us, not so that we can just have a weekly relationship with him, but a daily relationship with him where every day you can experience more of him. Every day you can grow to, in, in your relationship with him. That's why we have something called our game time. If you know what the game stands for, say it with me. The game stands for the God and me experience. It's where every day as a church together, you know, we have these, we, we, we go through a little short passage, maybe 12 verses together, and then I'll send you an email and say, hey, in case you're not really sure what to learn from this passage, this is what I'm learning from this passage. And this is us getting to have time with God every day, learning to pray, learning to worship, learning to spend time with God, building intimacy with God. These are all amazing habits to build for to take hold of a new life in Jesus Christ. Maybe it's about joining a small group. Maybe all this time you've been coming to Thrive and you know, you've been coming to service and you love service and we love you having you here, but if you really want to have a community here at Thrive, it's not just about coming on a Sunday, but be part of a small group, because you're going to find this, and I say it often, is that if you're in a small group, you'll find that you're connected in a deep way with other people. If you're not in a small group, you might be superficially connected with everybody, but you're not closely connected with anybody. And so something that happen in your life, some kind of accident, some kind of trauma, some kind of bad thing. And and no no one's going to know about it because you weren't closely connected with anyone. We don't want that to see that happen for anybody. So that's why it's so important to be in a small group. And so maybe that's the next habit that you need to start developing this coming year is to say, you know, I'm going to go to small group. Turn to me and say, you need a small group. I need a small group too. All these different habits are different ways that we can take hold of a new life in Jesus Christ, and to help you this coming year to take hold of your new life in Jesus. We've got something that we're really excited about. It's called Thrive Discipleship School. This is one of the best things we do here at Thrive. We just finished our last term of it in October. Got so many amazing feedback on that, uh, that term. People who are sharing testimonies of the ways that God healed them. Ways that God helped them to forgive. Ways that God helped them to, to, get, get to start new habits that have started helping them grow in their relationship with God. And because it went so well, we're going to be going to 2020 with a plan of starting Thrive just Up to School in February and trying to make it as accessible to people here as possible. That means you might be a parent with kids you can't make it out on a Wednesday night we want to try to get Thrive Deceptual School to where you are online and so this is our way of helping you develop the habits you need to have a new attitude new priorities to take hold of your new life in Christ oh come on give God a big big hand here this place right now we're excited for Thrive Deceptual School and we hope you'll be a part of will you consider being part of Thrive Deceptual School it's been an amazing time together when you want to grow in your relationship with God you will not regret it look at Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 what does it say it says not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. It's kind of like an At Toys R Us Bradley and I, my son Bradley, he's seven years old, and we went to Toys R Us to find a Christmas present for a uh, cousin of his, and, uh, and so we went to the Beyblade section. Anyone play, play Beyblades? Anyone know what Beyblades are? These really cool spinning top things. They're actually really cool. Uh, and and we, so we go to the Beyblade section. He's like, oh, there's that one, there's that one. And, and he couldn't reach it. He was, he was trying to jump for it, but he couldn't reach it. And so what I did, I took hold of him, I put him on my shoulders, I lifted him up, and then he reached for it, he was able to reach it. And see, that when, when, when he did that, I started thinking about uh, of Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, where it says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. In other words, Jesus takes hold of you. He lifts you up so that you can reach for and grab hold of something that you could not get on your And what is that? It's a powerful relationship with God. Amen. Amen. And if you would make that your priority this coming year, praise God, you're on your way to making the most of this coming year and this coming decade. Praise God. You know, the new you is not going to come just by hoping for it, not just through wishful thinking. But the new you comes when you decide, I'm going to get intentional this coming year. Um, You know, last week I shared a song with you guys uh, that, uh, you know, I had uh, some help from Rachel, our keyboardist. uh, And uh, there's another song I thought about sharing since the last Sunday of 2019. Do you guys want to hear another song? Is that all right? Yeah? Okay. I don't have to share it. Do you guys want to hear a song? you sure? Are you sure? All right. Okay. Now, just for those who are new to Thrive, maybe you're here last week or your first time, I don't share songs every single week. All right. Okay. Uh, You just get a double portion of me, I guess, this uh, this time of the year. Uh, But this is a song that uh, I uh, have been singing on my own. I just thought maybe it might encourage someone today. And so can we give our prep team a hand? Let's give our sound crew a big big hand as well because we need their help. Praise God. All right. I'm going to set things up here a little bit and grab my guitar. And uh, thanks so much, guys. Thanks so much. On that note, can we give a hand to all of our volunteers this past 2019 year for all of their hard work? Everyone on the stage, everyone in the background, everyone in the main hall, everyone in the sanctuary, everyone in our children's ministry, uh, every single person. We're so incredibly thankful for you guys. Thanks so much,
1: Mel.
0: Let me give you some background on this song. See, we're learning that living in the past is about not repeating the same mistakes that we had before. Hey, Mel, I, I think I need your help here. I think I need your help here. I think I need your help. Here. Yeah.
1: Gravity. Yeah, that's right.
0: All right, praise God. Um, can we give Mel another big hand? Thanks so much for her. This song um, is a song I wrote back in October when we were just starting a series here at Thrive. Uh, it was called Oil of Joy. Oh, sorry, not Oil of Joy. It's called Take Me Higher." Sorry. Everyone say, Take Me Haya. Uh, the song's called Oil of Joy. But the series that we we're doing at that time, we we're get, just getting ready for it, was called Take Me Higher." And this series, if you were here, you know that we're talking about seven big struggles that we all go through in life. Seven struggles that you don't have to be Christian to experience it or relate to it. These are just struggles we all go through. Stuff like envy, pride, lust, gluttony, greed. Um, and, and, you know, for me, it was one of those where uh, very often when people say, oh, that's a great message. I don't know if you know this, but the fact is that I'm not just talking to you guys every Sunday. I'm actually talking to myself every Sunday. And, you know, as I was getting ready for the series, I started to take inventory of my life and just kind of looking at my life from all these different perspectives of these different struggles. You know, how prideful am I? How, you know, gluttonous am I? How greedful am I? Or greedy am I? You know, you know, how lustful am I? and, And realizing that there are certain things in my life where realizing that there were certain mistakes that I didn't want to keep on repeating because there was a certain sadness that came with that repeating. There was a certain, you know, sin makes you want to feel like, oh, I'm going to be so fulfilled if I do it that way. But the fact is that sin has the opposite effect. Sin has this way of depressing us. Sin has this way of isolating us. Sin has this way of separating us from God. Sin has this way of hurting our relationships with others. Sin has this way of getting us really down. And um, and so, I think in that whole season of life, as I was trying to apply some of the stuff that I was teaching you guys during that series, realize something: is that man, God's word is so powerful, and realize that you know when it comes to envy, if I choose an attitude of gratitude, it really helps when it comes to lust, if there's a lustful thought, and I you know, I, don't, I don't let it linger, but I cut it off at the front and say, in Jesus' name, get away, that that really helps. Uh, that, you know, when it comes to slothfulness and being lazy, that, you know, if I say, okay, I'm going to do the right thing regardless of how I feel, it really helps. And, and I found that, you know, as I applied these different new habits in my life, that it actually brought joy that the world could not give. And, and so this song was one of those where, I remember there was one day when I was running at Richmond Oval, and um, I'm just running outside and um, and just so for some reason, and I'm not I don't I don't always do this when I run, but for some reason when I was running, I just started to get really touched by the fact that God loves me unconditionally. That his love for me, like even when I behave badly, the next morning his, he's there to greet me good morning. And his love is there to greet me good morning, that his love is an unconditional love that will never leave us or forsake us no matter what we do. His welcoming is uh, an unconditional welcoming, and, um, and so, you know, the the, the chorus or the, the bridge of the song um, it just goes like this. It's, it's like, it says, leaving behind the sadness, I run into the open arms of heaven. Um, covered in Christ's righteousness, I'm born again. Uh, gone is the shame of my past. Done are the days when sin held me fast. Uh, free now to be who I was made to be. and So that's the, that's the bridge, but the, the song kind of goes like this. It's called Oil of Joy, and uh, it's a simple enough song that you can feel free to sing along if you want as well, but this is how it goes.
1: grace in the the of kindness you poured out and God you are so good still after the fall I was still loved by the almighty King Gave His all for me. Overwhelming is Your welcoming. I'm anointed with Your oil of joy. Overflow. Falling, you anoint me with your oil of joy. Why don't you sing it with me? Here, only by grace am I here and the unders of kindness you poured out. God, you are so good. Still, after the fall, I am still loved by the Almighty King. Who game is all for me. Overwhelming. Is your welcoming? I'm anointed with your oil of joy, overflowing like we're falling. You anoint me with your oil of joy. leaving behind the sadness i run into the open arms of heaven covered in christ's righteousness i'm born again gone is the shame of my past done are the days when sin held me fast out of being who I was made to be, leaving behind, leaving behind the sadness. I run into the open arms of heaven, covered in Christ's righteousness. I am born again. Gone is the shame of my past done all the days when sin held me fast free now to be who I was made to be Mm -hmm. overwhelm me cause you're welcome here come anoint me with your oil of joy overwhelm me cause you're welcome here come anoint me with your oil of joy Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, come and anoint me. You're my oil of joy. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. You're my oil of joy. You're my own joy.
0: -mm. Give God a big hand here in this place right now. Praise God. Oh, come on. Shout to God in this place. One of my favorite verses in the passage that we just read, it's the final verse for today, is from Philippians 3, verse 13 and 14. Could you read it with me right now? What does it say? It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, we are talking about T-shirts the other day, or just not the other day, just earlier today, and um, maybe you have a couple T-shirts you can relate to, but I think this one T-shirt, if, if God were to wear a T-shirt, and he would wear a T-shirt about you and me, I think, I think this is the T-shirt he would wear. Saw your mess, love you anyways, always will, repeat. Saw your mess, love you anyways, always will, repeat. That's the unconditional love of God for you and for me. That no matter how many mistakes we make, even if they're the same mistakes over and over, he will never stop loving you. That's his unconditional, unfailing, unlimited, unchanging love for you and for me. Would you give God a big, big hand in this place for that, for his unchanging, unlimited, unfailing love for you? Turn your name and say, that's how God loves you. That's how God loves you. And uh, in response to that amazing love, there's this one more shirt I want to show you, which is, how we can respond to God. And it's based on Philippians 3:13 to 14. Read it with me. Forget what is behind. No, no, this is the shirt, the shirt. Forget what is behind. Strain toward what's ahead. Press on with Jesus. Repeat. Say it with me again. Forget what's behind. Strain toward what's ahead. Press on with Jesus. Repeat. You're going to find this. Is that this coming year, this coming decade, there will be times when we stumble and we'll fall. But forget what is behind strain toward what is ahead. Press on with Jesus, and keep repeating that. And if you will do that, like, you know, bolstered by, supported by the unconditional love of God, you're going to find that this next year of your life will be the best year of your life so far. That this next decade of your life will be the next, the best decade of your life so far. It's not because we are anything. It's because Jesus Christ is here. And with him, the best is yet to come. And so, come on, give God a big, big hand to this place together right now. Give God a big shout in this place as well. Come on. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm gonna ask you to respond to God. I'm gonna ask the band to, t- to-, to-, to lead us in a song. And we're gonna respond that way by singing a song after that and lead you in prayer.